device. <laughs> yes, Brian, we are. He acts like that isn't a completely valid question. Oh, now we're just ganging up on me. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually going to start the show with, and this time I checked before we started recording <laughs> instead of after. Once is an anomaly, <laughs> twice is a pattern. <laughs> oh, I need help. Hi, friends. Hello. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Good. It's your birthday. It is my We're birthday. We're celebrating. Wee! I get to do my favorite thing, which is record this podcast. Well, you have another podcast, too. Yeah, fuck that one. What? <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Yikes. Wow, I'm going to go tear up that poster now. I'm just kidding. So, what have you done for your birthday so far? Um, I appeared in court a lot. Because she gets into a lot of a trouble. A lot of trouble. Mooey, mooey trouble. Um, drove around a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a lot of fun. There were gifts and cards this oh, morning. Oh, there gifts. were gifts and cards this morning. Oh, outstanding. What'd you get? Um, some KU swag. Okay. Um, some, a, a card that has a pug in it, on it, and it wrapped up in a blanket. That's very amusing to me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Good, good. Um, what else did I get? Lip balm. Lip balm. Oh, that's fun. That's exciting. Hey, don't ever. And a check. Ever. Yeah, that's my mom. Thanks, mom. Don't ever underestimate the power of car chapstick. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I ordered your gift this morning because inspiration, actually it was last night because inspiration finally struck. Yes. And uh, it is actually thematically aligned with Raised on Television. <gasps> How exciting. Yes. Yes. So. And in case you didn't know. You're listening to Raised on Television. Right. And she looked up on the grease board where I wrote on in really big letters because we're not in the room that has the poster in it anymore. Right. I may have been raised by wolves, but this <laughs> podcast is called Raised on Television. Oh, So we are broadcasting live to tape from our new studio. Yes. It's so exciting. It's very spacious. It is. It's a lot bigger than where we were. It's echoey still at the moment because there well, isn't anything on the walls yet. We'll put lots of things on the walls. How's everybody's week been? It just started, but it's been just pretty started. good. I mean, in the last week since we were together oh, last. All good. All good. Okay. Oh, good. No, we had uh, Halloween. Did we have Halloween? We already, no, we yep, we already talked about Halloween. Yeah. You gave um, potatoes away. Yes, potatoes. Yeah. That's very exciting. That was exciting. Well, since then, we haven't really done much. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't either. Those are really boring. I am really boring myself. So, matter of fact, when I can't sleep, I just think about me and I, I'm out <laughs> like a light. Did you get to see the baby since we last recorded? I did. I did. I got to see them um, yesterday. Let's see. Yesterday for a little bit. And the day before, did I see? No, I didn't see them the day before. So, that we call a dark day. And then yesterday was a bright day. A bright day. Yes, because I, I get to like see. I would just like to put it out there that I am bereft of baby time. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's some trouble brewing. Yep. Just saying. Just <laughs> saying. Yep, yep, so yep. We've, we've had a little challenge this week for this episode. It is true. Episode 95. Uh, I shouldn't say episode 95. Number, entry number 95 on the 1997 TV Guide's Greatest TV, 100 TV, I don't know. Maybe I should try that again. Maybe in a language the rest of us speak. <laughs> Sorry, I somehow segued into something that no one understands. This is episode, this is entry number 95. Okay, so I'm going to, <laughs> at how far in, I'm going to cut about six minutes out. At, well, we've only recorded for four. Sorry, right. <laughs> That's just what I bring to anything is a lot of blah. This is entry number 95 on TV Guide's 
100 Greatest Episodes of Television, their 1997 list. It is called Mother, Mother of Sorrows from the Mod Squad, air date, February 17th, 1970. Brian and Steve and I have all scoured all streaming platforms, YouTube. The internet has failed us, and how, I don't I know. I went to dark parts of the internet. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. went to dark parts of the internet. So this is a problem that I did not think we would have with the Mod Squad. I thought it would be somewhere farther into the... Uh, well, I think it's funny because we just talked about this last week that mm-hmm. we'll eventually hit an episode that we're not going to be able to find. And, well, here it is. Yeah. So I thought for sure this would be the Xanti Misfits or... Right. The the Mod Squad was a popular show. It was. It's mm-hmm. still popular. They did a movie remake in 99, I think it was. That is they correct. Had a, Starring Claire Danes. Yeah. Giovanni Ribisi and Omar Epps. They did a movie sequel in like the 80s oh like a made for tv movie yeah ah i do want to point out that stephanie was able to name everybody who was in a movie that's 24 years old but still has to look at the board to see what the name of her own (laughs) podcast is just saying putting it out there it's primacy and recency (laughs) i literally just looked that up so oh that's funny um, so yeah, and, and I like Brian, I mean, I went to multiple different places. Interestingly enough, I could have bought all five seasons on DVD for 25 bucks on Amazon. <laughs> and I'm like, but then what do I do with that? What hey, have you done? I really what do you don't do with the others. Right. And you have to get out a DVD player. Right. I've got to hook something up again. Right. Like a cave person. <laughs> I suppose I'll how have to start How do you get the DVDs into the internet? Like, how right? <laughs> I don't understand. How do I stream the DVDs? Because my children, although they were raised on DVDs, would not understand. Oh, no. No, not at all. And then, God forbid, you talk about a video cassette tape. Oh, yeah. That's that's seriously (laughs) prehistoric times. So 1970, lots going on uh, Mm -hmm. with sexual revolution kicking off. Now, let's do a little background about the Mod Squad. And and then we can kind of talk a little bit about its cultural impact because it's actually pretty significant. I mean, this is is a lot like almost a Norman Lear show, which Mm -hmm. was was certainly tapped into the zeitgeist at the time. Um, who wants to who wants to take a stab at kind of talking about the backstory of the three undercover? Sure. So, oh, uh, the three undercover police officers. Uh-huh. Okay, I don't know that Brian. I've got has some that, back. But... I've got some backstory on the Mod Squad itself, as well as why the Mod Squad was culturally significant during the time. Well, so we can kind of sure. bounce around. I'll, I'll just do like brief backgrounds on the characters. Uh, the Peggy Lipton character, who is Julie Barnes, I believe is her character name. She was uh, the daughter of a prostitute, I'm sorry, a sex worker in San Francisco, and she runs away. They all get in trouble with law enforcement, and that's how they end up in the mod squad to get themselves out of trouble. Um, Pete was a wealthy 'er ne'er-do-well who stole a car, and the one that I find most interesting is that Link, who is the African-American character, played by Clarence Williams III, is arrested during the Watts riots, and that's his penance is to, uh, they all come together to join the Mod Squad. So 
That's what I got about that. Yeah. Brian, talk about the cultural significance of the Mod Squad and some other shows about that time. Yeah. So uh, the Mod Squad is very well known because uh, it had an African-American leading character uh, along with Star Trek, I Spy, Bill Cosby Show, Room 222, Mission Impossible. There are a few others, but it was very limited to have a leading character be African-American at the time. It also... This show was pretty groundbreaking in a number of areas. Mm -hmm. Um, It did feature a kiss between the African-American character and... Or Link and Julie. Well, had there been an internet, then would it not have been a blaze? I need to use their names. Right. Link and Julie had a kiss, and... As far as I can see, that seems to be the second kiss between an African-American and a Caucasian person. The first interracial kiss comes to us from Star Trek with William Shatner and uh, Nichelle Nichols as Captain Kirk and Lieutenant O'Hara, respectively. When that was revealed that there was a kiss, there were several stations in the South who refused to air that episode. Uh, There's a note that uh, this is... The Mod Squad was directed by Aaron Spelling, and uh, Spelling was a little paranoid of how the studio audience would react, so they cut off the microphones in the studio when the kiss happened. There was a studio audience for this? There's a note saying that. Oh. Well, that's that's a, you know, you typically don't see that in a drama, mm-hmm. much less one that has so many different scenes to mm-hmm. it. So that is, that's interesting. That is interesting. Um, what else you got? Link had several... Go-to sayings mm-hmm. that are still popular today. Like? Solid, keep the faith, dig it, groovy. <gasps> Some of those are not popular today anymore, but... Oh, we're became... bringing them back. Oh, I've been trying to get groovy back for a long time. <laughs> um, he referred to his house as his pad. Nice. So I wonder how much of that was coined by that show. Well, there's... I mean, when I was doing a little bit of research, some of it was coined to this show as his. Yeah, he sort of yeah, brought it to the he mainstream. He brought it to the mainstream. Interesting. Um, nice work, Link. <clears throat> lots of. We have long delays. We Sorry. have coughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a hard day. Maybe Mondays aren't our day. So uh, when Aaron Spelling was going to cast the character of Link, uh, he did not feel comfortable just doing it on his own. He actually reached out to Bill Cosby and Sammy Davis Jr. and asked for their recommendations. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, that's actually really cool because a lot of times the uh, a gripe continuously and justifiably is that there aren't a lot of people of whatever in the writer's room or developing things. So the fact that Aaron Spelling had enough forethought to do that... Uh, I tip my hat to Aaron Spelling. So Aaron cast him, in order to screen test him, Aaron cast him as a getaway driver in another project. As a criminal. Right, which is... As you mentioned. We talked about that last time. Yeah, last week. Um, Clarence unfortunately wrecked the car during the scene, the filming of the scene. uh He gets out and apparently tells Aaron, uh, I had never driven a vehicle before. But I was desperate to have a job. That would have been excellent information about 30 seconds before that. Aaron obviously still hired him for the the role. Well, yeah, he had to pay for the car. Right. (laughs) 
Okay, that's a that's a fun story. I like that. Uh, what do you guys got? Uh, I mean, I have some other pieces, but I've been talking now and the, making spaces in the you recording. Go right ahead. For, you keep forever. right on. So talking. this episode in specific, the uh, ancillary character is Richard Dreyfus. Mm-hmm. It's said to be. There's a lot of comments that this is a great role for him early on in his career. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it's all that early in his career, but he is young in it. Um, the overall explanation of this specific episode is Pete's old eccentric classmate, Richard Dreyfus, confessed to the squad of murdering his girlfriend and also has pictures to prove it. Yikes. Yet he refused to tell Greer anything. He later divulges plans to give his mother the same photo finish. In 1997, TV Guide ranked this episode, 95, sorry, cut that. Okay, so he threatens to give his mother the same photo finish. At first I thought you meant that he was threatening to give his mom the pictures of the murdered girlfriend. <laughs> now I understand that you, he was threatening to kill it's his a tiny mother. a little bit darker than what <laughs> yeah. you were thinking. Yeah. Sorry. Um, interesting. So Peggy Lipton, I didn't realize she had, she went on to marry Quincy Jones, Mm -hmm. the two kids, they divorced. She passed away fairly young, um, in 2019 from colon cancer. Yes. And her daughters are Khadija and Rashida Jones. Um, Rashida Jones is best known for, I don't know, all the stuff she's done, like Parks and Rec and many, many other parts uh, the other daughter's most, I mean, possibly most famous situation is that she was with Tupac Shakur and dating him was supposed to be with him in the car in Vegas on the night that he was shot and killed. Oh. Well, shot and later died. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And then Clarence Williams III just passed away in 2021. Mm-hmm. Um, he appeared in some pretty popular movies, General's Daughter, Reindeer Games, um, had appeared in a number of television shows, many of which I, I, I wouldn't have even known who he was. And mm-hmm. I watched the Mod Squad. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I was watching it in reruns because I would have been pretty young. I didn't tune into it at two years old. Right. <laughs> and you weren't in charge of the, of the TV at the house. Right. I mean, looking at his filmography, it looks like he worked right up until about the time he died. Right, right. I mean, he produced a movie in 2019. And he was in some episodes, I believe, in 2020, uh, 2019? 2018, just what it shows its last, uh, his last appearance okay. on television was. But he was in a number of terrific shows as well. And then Michael Cole, who is now 83, is the only surviving of the main cast of the three officers. Um, and I don't know what he really did beyond the Mod it doesn't, Squad. I didn't find a lot of things for him. He did some stage productions, but it doesn't look like his film and TV career, um, either by choice or whatever, didn't advance much beyond. He was in the um, the uh, miniseries of It that was in 92, 93. Really? Yeah. I don't know what. What his... part was he? Well, that I don't know for sure. That's why I was looking it up again. Henry Bowers. He was Henry Bowers, the older Henry Bowers. Oh. So would have been the white-haired. Oh. So I thought that was interesting. I didn't know. I don't remember. I only watched that one time because it still kind of freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, so the mod squad as a whole took on some pretty interesting subjects during its run. All right. Uh, abortion, domestic violence, child abuse, illiteracy, the anti-war movement, mm-hmm. illegal immigration, whoops, police brutality. Oh. Uh, sex education. Some of those things are still going on now. Yeah, sex education. Um, all everything surrounding the soldiers returning from Vietnam. Mm. Uh, PTSD, obviously racism, and apparently euthanasia as well. Huh. that's interesting because 1970. This is February of 1970. We're still. I mean, America's still kind of trying to get its footing back after two really horrifying well there's more than that there's Malcolm X and Medgar Evers and but RFK and MLK were assassinated in 1960 the Vietnam War is still raging Richard Nixon is president and you can take that statement for whatever it's worth okay we're not going to make it political but I do want to point out here you had somebody who got their hand caught in the cookie jar Mm-hmm. who behaved poorly, who resigned, and then spent many years in, in the political forest to uh, improve his image and come back and do some elder statesman sorts of things. And I'm just saying I would find that refreshing if that repeated itself today. <laughs> right. I'll tell you something. I think that Richard Nixon, had he not done what he did, could be one of the greatest presidents that we had. Could very well be, and unfortunately, we won't we won't know that. Um, he did also in 1970 lowered the he signed the Voting Rights Act, which lowered the voting age to 18. Mm-hmm. Which, frankly, I was it here that was it a non pod that we talked about um, changing the voting age. Yeah, not even really needing to have one, but right. You know, if you're able to formulate a cogent thought, you ought to be able to vote because mm-hmm. God knows there's. Now I'll forget to cut that out. Oh, great, <laughs> we're gonna get letters. Oh my like, God, the like pearl clutching! Like this is the Tonight Show in nineteen. <laughs> we're gonna get letters about that. Okay, okay, boomer. Oh, so but so there's really a lot of know, unrest. Is just so like cliche. I would say unease. Like, I don't think that the country, I can't speak to this from experience because I was not born yet, but I don't think that people felt particularly settled in anything. Um, it, it appears that, you know, there was a lot of things in flux. You know, we had TV, TV shows like the Brady Bunch was popular, but then you also had the Mod Squad. So you have these like really weird Dichotomies like of people trying to family, right? right. People and then trying this to hold, dark. yeah, hold on to this sort of 1950s Leave It to Beaver, Ozzie and Harriet kind of thing, and then the sort of reality of life is slamming into everybody. That kind of sets the scene from where we were uh, culturally at the time. Sesame Street started in 1970. Chiefs won a Super Bowl in 1970. Yeah, that was a, this show was broadcast. Not too long after the Chiefs won their first Super Bowl, they would go on to win more. It Not took for hey, three hundred years. It took a long time. <laughs> more recently, <laughs> it took a long, long time. Uh, January fourteenth, my mom's birthday in nineteen seventy. Diana Ross and the Supremes performed their last concert in Las Vegas. Oh. Gaddafi took over Libya. 
Um, there, there was a lot going on. The AFL merged with the NFL. Hmm. Um, there, well, Mick Jagger got fined 200 pounds for possessing marijuana. That had to have been a lot of money back then. Not to him, but. Right. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going to say. He spent more than that to repair the hotel rooms. <laughs> I thought you were going to say he got fined 200 pounds for having 200 pounds of marijuana. And I was going to be like, well, that was a bargain. That was, that that was a deal at twice the price. <laughs> Uh, Charles Manson, that crazy kid, released his album Lie in March of 1970. Which is curious because he was already in jail. What is, that is odd. <laughs> that is odd. <laughs> Can you imagine buying Charles Manson's album? I mean, get the Could fuck out of here. Could you imagine what list you got on in 1970? <laughs> much less what list you would be on today. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's look at my record collection. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Uh, I'm literally embarrassed for them. Patton won the Academy Award. Uh, some other films that were released in 1970 included Love Story, MASH, Airport, uh, Little Big Man, Torah, Torah, Torah. Nice. Um, and something called The Aristocats. Disney, right? Yeah. It was a Disney movie? Yes. Right, but there's a movie called... Right. There's a joke. Oh. There's a movie called The Aristocrats. Oh, okay. And it it's if you have a strong stomach, you should check it out. No, I'm good because you mentioned last time Fall of the House of Usher. And I thought, oh, well, I'll check that out. And then we got to the horrifying rave scene. And I'm like, oh, I hate you. That okay, was, but that, that was, was disgusting. It was it was gooey. Up Everybody's in this fluid sexuality doesn't bother me. The drug use, it's all voluntary, doesn't bother me. Um, the human soup bothered me. Yeah, that was just gross. Sorry, Did you watch the rest alert. of it. I'm like episode five now. Okay, I I, I just kept powering through because I'm like I've got to get that image out of my head. Yeah, so. It was gooey. We were both like, ooh. I mean, it's not like you didn't know that was going to happen, right? I mean, they foreshadowed that pretty clearly. I I was just thinking. I did not know. Oh, I was just thinking perhaps I didn't need as much detail as as they offered. I literally was completely. Just say that I could have. I could have figured it out. I was completely dumbfounded. Brian's like, oh, it's going to be this. And I was like, oh, he's probably right. Maybe I should pay better attention. And for those of you that haven't seen it, you need to watch it just for Mark Hamill. He's really good. Just Mark it. Hamill's character. Oh, he, I must not have. Is he in he's there? The I yeah, he's the attorney. You're kidding. Oh my God. Yeah. I had no idea. And that, kids, is why you need to watch oh it. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. I mean, I do like that character. I mean, what a dick. Right. So, no, I. Uh, that's that's fascinating. Um, and isn't the dead, isn't that Captain Pike? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, Apollo 13 launched in April of 1970 and not surprisingly because it was the number 13 had a problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Seems like that was a predictable outcome. They should have just skipped 11 to 14. You remember when hotels used to do that? Yes. Skip the 13th floor, airplanes. Vegas ones do that a lot and they also don't have Eight. eight. Why not? The Asian tourists. Oh, it's eight is eight unlucky. Eight is unlucky in, in a lot of the specifically Asian. in China, okay. but I don't know about other Asian countries. But yeah, so you'll they'll avoid the number eight completely. Huh. So the the fun part of that is, you know, as a kid, I noticed that, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then, of course, as an adult, I'm like, it's still the thirteenth floor, right? <laughs> right. 
just the number change. I thought maybe we just there's not an empty space. Right, exactly. Because they might have just had an airy open space there. So this is, I mean, obviously a less than desirable situation because we can't watch the episode. But I don't think that we should uh, divert too much from sort of the format of the show and talk about the isms, Um, racism in an episode. Um, I think that we have to credit the mod squad, uh, like Brian said, and some of these other shows that we're working toward representation and having representation of people of color that weren't just criminals or, you know, background characters. Um, I can't speak to with the caveat that they were all criminals before they joined the mod squad. Right. Right. But I mean, it's the backstory, not the main story. Right. It doesn't focus on that so much. Um, I was reading something on one of the reviews of the Mod Squad, and it is not as uh, forgiving towards the Peggy Lipton character as, what's her name, Julie, mm-hmm. as one would hope. Um, lots of apparently damsel in distress situations, which yeah. I don't uh, care for. Th- like, Several times in my search, I came up with the phrase, a canary with a broken wing, mm-hmm. is how they referred to her character. Okay. Right. So she was written to be less than? Or is she just fragile because her mother is, like she had a really sad past with her mother being a sex worker and she runs away from that. <laughs> I don't know. We can't tell because we can't watch the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which... Folks, has been Steve, a real downer. Someone who has watched the show before. He doesn't remember that much of it. I mean, I can remember that Link was the coolest character ever I had ever seen. And never in my life have I been accused of being cool, but I wanted to be him. Nice. That was, and I, you know, I really, you're right. I don't remember a lot about it, but I have had a lifelong, I mean, I'm like the Jack Webb of my generation. I've had a lifelong affinity for police procedurals. Mm -hmm. And I can remember watching the FBI growing up, watching SWAT growing up. Um, Not the current iteration of it. It's original iteration. I mean, TJ Hooker, I was a huge fan of because, Mm -hmm. well, it had Captain Kirk. So that made it really cool for me. Um, and, and I'm not so sure that Mod Squad would not have maybe been one of the first police procedurals, either that or Hawaii Five O. I remember both uh, as a kid. Hawaii Five O, I would have watched while it was on, while uh, it was broadcast. The only thing I remember about Hawaii Five O is the theme song and the like, the person <laughs> surfing in the wave. Right, right, and you know, obviously the key phrase. I think I was, I think I was 30 before I realized why the state police was called Five O. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of a slow learner. <laughs> well, you know, um, there are, you know, Steve and I are very close in age as much as I try to pretend that we're not, um, that he's like dramatically older. He is not. Um, but a lot of what we remember and what Brian remembers depends on what your parents watched. My dad hated the Waltons. And oh, he, I did too. Oh, I hated that show. He hated. And um, I can't stand John Boy. That character, I don't like the way he talks. <laughs> I don't like his voice. He completely ruined the the miniseries It by just being in it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm over now. I'm, I'm moving on now. Okay. Uh, do you want a minute? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but my dad also hated like Love Boat. So a lot of how can you hate the Love Boat? I, 
I don't know. Oh, there were tacos involved. (laughs) My dad had a lot of problems (laughs) occasionally. And one Uh, of them is he hated the love boat. I don't know. It's not the greatest show ever, but I don't remember what it was up against. So Nothing. It was Saturday night. Right. Right. 11 people are watching TV and most of us were under the age of 12. (laughs) Didn't it go heart to heart, love boat, and then... Fantasy Island. No, Heart to yeah. Heart was on on Tuesday night. Fantasy wasn't Island it? was after Love Boat. I yeah. know that. Love Boat and they and had like Island. crossover. Yes, they did. At least one. I can, there I was can a storm a and they ended up on Fantasy Island. Did they Is really? that right? Or am I misremembering? I can remember at least two crossovers. I don't remember that. I could only get to watch Fantasy Island if my dad was gone. So, and I'm trying to think, was. Um, Emergency was that still on? Ooh, emergency. Oh, I liked Emergency. <laughs> <laughs> Station Fifty One. <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I was just—I was looking at the list of Aaron Spelling produced shows, and how I, far did you have to scroll? Because it's, oh yeah, it's incredible. There were some I had no idea that he was involved in. Um, that's how you get to live in a castle that has a room dedicated to <laughs> wrapping presents. <laughs> like I just talked about the original SWAT. He, that was Aaron Spelling. And mm. I, I didn't realize it was only on for one season. It looks like Vegas, Dantana. I mean, I thought that he was the coolest. Robert Urich. Yeah. And when yeah. I was going to, when I grow up, I'm going to have a house where you pull the car right in. <laughs> And then later you realize, oh, because I want a house that smells like exhaust. Exhaust, (laughs) I'll just sleep in the garage. Thanks, Robert Eric. Sir, that's just called a garage. (laughs) Um, TJ Hooker, Matt Houston, the Colby's Dynasty Hotel, uh, Models, Inc., which I'm not familiar with, Burke's Law, Summerland, Melrose Place, Seventh Heaven. I mean, it is a list of of some really wildly successful shows, and including Stephanie and mine's one of our favorites. Uh, I don't know about you, Brian. Heart to Heart. Were you, yeah. were you a fan? Did yeah. you watch it? Oh, I loved Heart. To, I was Steve in I, love with uh, Jennifer Hart. Uh, 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 of Heart to Heart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, Maxwell's my favorite oh, character. Oh my gosh, yes. Freeway's my favorite character, but that's really neither here nor there. Um, as an aside, he produced the remake in 99. Oh, oh really? Oh, I didn't know that. See, so Brian brings all of the details. He does. He brings a lot. Because, damn all it, he details. cares. He does. He cares. He's <laughs> I just, I, I, I will be honest, and it will be obvious to anybody listening, I had to have hassed it because, <laughs> I'm like, you know, there's not a show to watch. I don't have a whole lot right. to hang my hat on here. Um, but it's funny. I mean, we're talking about police procedurals. I wonder how much of that influences how we see law enforcement. I wonder that too. Um, Or, you know, maybe you already had an opinion and your, your lens that you're looking through when you're watching it changes. I, I don't know. Because I, the first show that I kind of remember that would be a police procedural, I guess would be, um, Beretta. Oh, yeah. And, and I don't he... really remember that. <laughs> Boy, okay. that story had a sad ending. No, no, no. We got to give credit where credit is due. And Robert Blake has the greatest alibi for a shooting ever. I couldn't have shot her because I was walking back to the restaurant to get my gun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to shoot her, but somebody beat me to somebody it. Somebody beat me to it. Yeah, it's that so whole funny. thing is so freaking weird. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, oh. the greatest alibi ever, not 
Your Honor, these weren't my pants. Oh, right. It's the, I couldn't have shot <laughs> right. her. I left my gun at the restaurant. I was going back to retrieve it. Perhaps to shoot her. We'll never know. Oh, no, we will not know. And then, oh my gosh, yeah, what a mess. What a mess. But um, I remember that. I, re- I vaguely remember Barnaby Jones. How vague? Oh my gosh, I was thinking of that last night. I'm like, oh, there's not a single episode of Barnaby Jensen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, during lockdown, I decided I was going to rewatch some Barnaby Jones episodes because, like, I I remembered the puzzle pieces. So I kind of remembered the visuals of it. And I do not remember the season number or the episode number. But it was full of the N-word with the hard R. Oh, my R. gosh. On primetime TV. On primetime TV. I was watching it, and I was on my phone. I literally, like, threw my phone <laughs> away from my body so that it didn't somehow, like, jump onto me. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. That's hard, crazy. Hard, hard R. Oh, wow. <laughs> you did mention T.J. Hooker. Uh-huh. Spelling producer uh-huh. too. Yeah, I mentioned that okay. too when I went through the list. I didn't okay. know that until I just saw it on there. Yeah. And I remember Hit the that, Reds, Junior. That I would remember. be what William Shatner said to Adrian's bed. Zmed. <laughs> I just remembered like every episode of TJ Hooker that I can remember. Like Shatner was hanging on to the side of a car, a car. the top of the car, that the is. back of the car. In fact, every like, episode. Right. Heather Locklear Somebody's was in there. driving away. She He's was hanging on to the car. Heather Locklear and her hair. Yes. If we're going to talk shit yes. about Michael Landon's hair, Heather Locklear <laughs> and her hair. But Heather Locklear was fun to look at, and I couldn't stand Michael Landon. Um, did Aaron Spelling do Charlie's Angels, too? He did, yeah. right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so. that's where you have some of the character carryover. Mm-hmm. Blake Carrington, of course, is, was Charlie. Right. But the other one that I remember, sort of police, foundational police procedurals, was The Rockford Files. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. a great show. And I don't really remember that many plot lines. And and I, that was not really so much a police procedural because he was a private investigator. Right. Usually irritating the police in some right. way or another. I remember Angel. His mm. friend that was always getting him into trouble yes. that he'd been in prison with when he was wrongfully imprisoned. Oh, no, I don't remember that at and all. And the answering machine at the beginning. Oh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. That's a classic opening. You know, there are some really great um, opening openings to shows. We ought to do we a do show. We should do a whole episode just on that. Oh, yeah, we really that. should. And that might have been good to do here since we can't, you know, <laughs> this episode wasn't actually found anyway. By the way, uh, two ahead, Mork and Mindy's next, and then The Naked City. The episode from The Naked City in 1961, right here on my laptop. But a episode of from 1970 of The Mod Squad, I have to buy all five seasons to see. <laughs> this is madness, kids. Well, and, and I'll tell you, I would have bought it if it were streamed but again, I'm like, right. what do I want to do with yeah. these DVDs? Right, I would. We would gladly pay 1.99 for that episode or whatever. So I'd have paid the it. 25 bucks for all five seasons streaming, and we could have watched the Mod Squad. Um, I just don't want the DVDs around. Right. So. <laughs> we don't even have a DVD player, do we? I, I, I think I in, have one in the basement. I have one in the hall clo- or in the entryway closet. <laughs> along well, that'll with, do you. Like and it. I believe one of your your son has a. Uh, Xbox or PlayStation oh, or yeah, something, yeah, and yeah. they play DVDs. Okay, so like, yeah. So, hmm. yeah, these newfangled gadgets these kids have today. So, but yeah, Naked City is in looking right at it. Fifty-one minutes. Um, I don't not familiar with that show at all, but I am looking forward to Mark and Mindy because you know I watched yeah. that growing up too. Okay, when I was little, I, I wanted my grandma to see Mark and Mindy so bad because I thought it was the best thing ever. I laughed and laughed and laughed. 
finally grandma spent the night on a Sunday night so we could watch Morgan Mindy together. My grandma sat there. You would think she was watching a funeral parade. Oh, my gosh. Nary a giggle was had by grandma. I was so disappointed. I was like, oh, no, uh, grandma doesn't like Morgan Mindy. That's terrible. That's terrible. It really was. <laughs> um, I was looking at Heart to Heart. I wanted to see what night it was on. So, well, now I have to go look up August 25th, 1979. So that's not real convenient. You know, sometimes the internet just fails me. What night was Heart to Heart on is a relatively simple question. Mm -hmm. And I get 7.8 million results that don't tell me that. I, I'm, I'm just saying I'm disappointed in the internet. Or it, conversely, you'll start to type like the first letter and it'll <laughs> like fill in the search that you're looking for. It's like, how did you know internet? Get out of my head. Internet. So, what are you doing in my head? Right? And then I didn't know that Heart to Heart only went on until 84. If you'd have asked me, I'd have thought, oh no, it's still on. <laughs> it's still on in your heart. It is. It is. You know, I just thought Jonathan alive. Hart was so cool. He's still alive. Well, so isn't is Stephanie Powers there? She is. Oh, but, okay. Uh, Robert Wagner's like ninety or ninety-two or something like that. Yeah, wasn't he on the boat with Natalie Wood? Yeah, and I. Yeah, he was there. He was her husband, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, and, and so was Christopher Walken. Yeah, I knew Christopher Walken. Right, because that's <laughs> who you want to invite to a party. Right. So <laughs> needs more cowbell. Right, that remains one of the you know great mysteries of true crime. <laughs> Inevitably, the Natalie Wood thing will pop up. But yeah, I was thinking that Robert Wagner was there, which yeah, made he it was. more. He was. It more was intriguing. him. It was Christopher Walken and the boat captain Dennis Deverne. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I know that a well of useless and semi useless exactly. information. So. Um, that I, seems completely stupid and will take up valuable brain space for something that you need to know. Like, you know, I was supposed to be in court two hours ago. Right. Oopsie. Do you want to know the name of the boat captain the night Stanley would die? <laughs> well, judge, I'm sorry I missed that, but here's a little pearl of wisdom for your right. next cocktail party. Right. Oh, all right. Um, I think the next time that we don't have an episode we can find, we should do two shows that week. Okay. Yeah. And um, next time we should do theme songs and openings. Oh, you want to do a special episode already? Mm -hmm. Oh, how exciting! So we'll just say we can't find this anywhere. Instead, we're covering theme shows. Mm -hmm. And then we should do on a very special blossom, or like those issue shows, like a very special family ties when right. when Alex B. Keaton gets addicted to the speed. Or when Tom Hanks is there mm -hmm. as the alcoholic uncle. Alcoholic uncle, which That's, is really good. It was you. good, yeah. No, but you said theme songs and what? I'm sorry. Openings. Oh, like the openings. Employee, okay. Like the Hawaii Five O and the oh, big sure, wave. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, and um, I, I've got to tell you, some of them just always stick with me. Facts of Life is one that will run through my head randomly, <laughs> mm -hmm. and then I'm like, dun, dun, you know, <laughs> it's kind of there bouncing you go, along. Facts of Life. <laughs> And I loved Mrs. Garrett anyway. I loved Charlotte her. Ray. She's, Charlotte Ray. Yes. She, yeah, she's since passed away as well, unfortunately. Yes. She was classmates with Cloris Leachman in well, Northwestern. Really? Oh my gosh. And then when she left, when Mrs. Garrett left, Cloris Leachman took over oh, on that show. I probably quit watching it by that point. Yeah, I was still in it to win it. Super, <laughs> super cool. George Clooney was on there. I, know. I loved Joe. And Blair and her hair. I was a yes. hair whore. I was I a hair care. whore. Oh, come on. You know how I feel about 80s big hair. Mm -hmm. It needs to come back in a big Love way. It. 
I've Wasn't she that. all sweaters all the time, Blair, too? Well, they all wore that, like, vest, like, with the polo underneath, or the Oxford shirt underneath it, and they had the vest and the tie, because that was their school uniform. Mm. I ought to just not edit this episode. Just throw, <laughs> just throw it like up. Yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's some coughing. <laughs> right. And, and by the way, and you need to see air. the ugly side of right. podcasting. Right. Since we don't have the gritty subculture <laughs> of the Mod Squad, you get to see the gritty goofballery uh, of podcasting. Of all episodes that I should have improperly recorded that we would have to redo, it should have been this one. Right. I'm actually really disappointed that we didn't. And get to see this one. I well, I am too, and especially since it was so early in in the uh, the podcast, so early in the list that we mm-hmm. ran across something that we couldn't find. I believe last week you were saying, "Well, hopefully it'll be that Speed Racer episode," but right. nope, that nope, one's still there, <laughs> right there. So uh, we can do a whole episode where none of our mouths match what we're saying, right? It'll be right. like you're there. So. Um, did you get enough information about this to make a determination as to whether or not it should be on the list? No, but I'm going to say this. I'm going to say that the Mod Squad, given its cultural impact, the time that it was on, and what it was trying to do, I would say at least one episode from the Mod Squad should be on this list. I would agree yeah. with that. Yeah, I, I would too. agree with that. There were, like I said, I, I can remember watching it. Uh, you know, The Rookies was another one that I used to watch around that same time, also an Aaron Spelling show. Um, and I just, I, I always watched it. So it had to have kept my interest and mm-hmm. I've been wildly ADD my entire life. So right. it, it had to have had a good hook somewhere. See bag after bag of unfinished projects in my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> Oh, I'm going to crochet this baby a blanket. That little son of a bitch just graduated from high school. <laughs> There's still blanket pieces in right. a box. Right. There's still yarn all over the place. Oh, my gosh. Oh, these diamond paintings are fun. One and done. How many do you have? 47. 47 left to do. It's true confessions on Stephanie's birthday. <laughs> There's so, so many. Oh, gosh. So many. What was it? I, I think I'd like to do the uh, mod, mod Podge stuff. Oh, the, yeah. The... the Decoupage? Decoupage? Is that what you're talking about? I don't know. I went and bought like $150 worth of mosaic stuff. stuff. Oh, my God. I would really like to do that. You know where it is? It's in our goddamn bedroom. (laughs) Sitting there like a doorstop. Mocking you. Mocking me every Uh, single day. How many times have I started to write something and I'm like, you know, 40 pages in. I'm like, I'm done. I don't know what to do. (laughs) I'm I'm leaving. So, Yeah. I'm leaving this project. I think the reason why we can we keep doing podcasting is is, is because a we get to hear ourselves talk, and that's really all I ever want. <laughs> and b it moves fast enough that I think it keeps our attention. Poor Brian, he's like, what in the hell is wrong with you? Oh idiots? my god, so. you should see Brian when we're in the car as a family, and three people in the car have bad ADHD <laughs> and one person does it. It's like the three, our daughter, son and me are like, blah, 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 and we're all over the place, bouncing, 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 bouncing. And Brian's driving. It. It's like, you can see the light, <laughs> like wait, leaving his eyes. Just waiting for the, the sweet release sweet, of death. Sweet, sweet release of death. Like, will these fucking people shut up? <laughs> no, no. I am driving this car into a goddamn bridge <laughs> in Buckman. 
No, no. You signed up for this, fucker. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a, like, and I'll, and I'll be like, oh my God, poor Brian. <laughs> and then I'll forget poor Brian and go back to what we were talking about. <laughs> Oh, well, it is what it is. So back to this episode, though. Uh-oh. Well, we're so, back on topic. Right now, I'm, I'm dragging the ADHDs back to topic. Damn it. Here we ah, go. Ah. <laughs> so this episode dealt with mental health mm-hmm. because Richard Dreyfuss's character is, well, mentally unstable. Oh, you think? Yeah. <laughs> so on your tests, the Bechtel tests, mm-hmm. I'm thinking it passes that because, well, one of the main characters is female. And I'm guessing she didn't constantly talk about men. Do you have to have two females having two a conversation? Two female Two characters. named okay. females. Oh, I'm Talking sorry. to I each keep other that up. about something other than No, a man. it took me a while to, to kind of get it through my head, too. But, yeah, it's the, the Bechdel test is two female characters named. I want to just see if I got it. That um, I know you just said it, but I wasn't listening. I was texting because <laughs> of the see? aforementioned ATT. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who are talking about something other than a man. Correct. Yes. Okay. Okay. I got it. So we don't know for sure. Certain on that. Though. Right. And I have some concerns and you know, this is a plot device. I'm not, I know what it is, but if Peggy Lipton was always in peril, then that doesn't always sit well with me because you can have empowered female characters in this time frame, Like I was looking at this review that was on IMDb and the person says, Miss Kitty and Gunsmoke. She was large and in charge and doing oh, gotcha. what she needed to do. I don't remember Gunsmoke at all. Oh, my God. I watched <laughs> Gunsmoke all the time. Festus was actually my favorite character. <laughs> I, I did love me some Miss Kitty, and it wasn't until later in life that I'm like, oh, that's what she did. That's how she made her money. <laughs> I, I, I did not get that. <laughs> uh, it was a pure and innocent love that I had. I did not know that she was a sex worker. Well, you know, somebody had to be. Um <laughs> But so they could have handled it differently. So I appreciate what you're saying about the Bechdel test without seeing the series. I I just don't know. But Charlie's Angels is coming down the pike a few years later. Right. And they were all fantastic. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was in love with Kate Jackson. I was not in love with the one people would think, Farrah Fawcett. I was in love with Farrah Fawcett, too. But I think that I was scared because Farrah Fawcett was married to the $6 million man and he would just rip me from arm, from limb <laughs> well, to limb. Now, what's funny is that I was in love, absolutely in love, the maddest girl crush on Lindsay Wagner, who was the bionic woman. Oh, I love Lindsay oh Wagner. God, I'm sorry. Her. I'm sorry. Hold on. Going to my happy place. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> absolutely love her. If I met her today, she get, does some wellness seminars and i've looked into it i she would looks the exact same i know too. whatever wellness she's got going on i want <laughs> a little bit of that no but doubt. i think i would weep openly if i met her i was in the bionic woman fan club i had a sticker on the back oh of my bike oh my gosh that is hilarious i am so i i would so love to have known that when i was younger love 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 her <laughs> My brother sent me something about Lindsay Wagner and he spelled her name wrong. And I was like, he, and then he spelled it correctly. And you're he was dead like, to me. And he was like, so sorry. I was like, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. What, what are your kind of television childhood memories, Brian? Because Brian is actually younger than we are. Right. I can't remember how much younger. He is, is three he and even, a half years even, younger than I am. Is he even 40? <laughs> 
<laughs> so he would have been a freshman when I was a senior. So okay. he's five years younger than you. Sure. I can't do the math. Six. Sure. Almost. Yeah. Like five and a half. I mean, childhood TV, obviously driven by my parents, but MASH. Oh, God, yeah. We, yeah. And we did watch MASH as a family. Mm, we did, too. Um, I know game shows were getting popular then, but my parents didn't watch any of the game shows. Oh, my God. I watched Match Game with Bernadette during the day. Uh, Oh, <laughs> that makes me feel all sweet oh my and God, nostalgic. Yeah. You know, and but, that was when they used to number it, Match Game 74 right. or whatever, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, MASH, Love Boat, Heart to Heart, Rockford Files. We were talking about Did this you watch before Happy we Days? got on here. Oh, I, think yeah. that, I think Happy Days was on, but I don't think it was an every night, you know. I don't think it had to be tuned in. I think, um, yeah, I, I think that... It was one of those, if dinner was being made, I was probably watching it. Mm-hmm. I liked Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. Oh, yeah. That's another theme song that I love, Laverne and Shirley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For no other reason than to say, Schlemiel. Schlemazel. <laughs> but I think the popular shows that were on at the time, you know, 74 to 80, let's say 83. Yeah. And, and I'll tell you, in 1980, 81 was kind of a turn in television where the, the sitcom made a, a comeback in a major way and was just the complete opposite of that kind of Norman Lear era of the sitcom, which was more sit than calm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it, you know, you had Family right. Ties, you had The Cosby Show, yeah. you had Cheers, um, MASH had just gone off the air. So, yeah. Yeah, I think Cheers and um, The Cosby Show... And Family Ties. That was that that NBC resurgence when, what was his name? Fred. I can see his face. I can't remember his name. He took over NBC and he, Fred Silverman, he completely revamped that. Oh, I thought Grant Tinker was the one who did that. Okay. No, Grant Tinker is the one who was the Bob Newhart show, Mary Tyler Moore, all of those shows. Because he he was married to Mm -hmm. Mary Tyler Moore and they Mm -hmm. started MTM. Mm Mm-hmm. So, okay. So there's like that wave of shows. Which I always tend to forget about, but I love the Bob Newhart show. I love the Bob Newhart That's show. That's on Hulu, streaming on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I've been watching it periodically, as is the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, which... I'm in a big Mary Tyler Moore row right now. <laughs> I've moved off a little bit from the Dick Van Dyke show and I've moved into Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, where is Dick Van Dyke streaming it? Is it still on it's Netflix? It's on Pluto. Oh, Pluto. I have to watch it with commercials. No, there's just a little, I mean, a little bit, but nothing serious. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, they're like 10 seconds. Oh, yeah. good. They're not like the Hulu commercials. That no, are where it's two like four and a half Right, minutes. exactly. And they're all pharmaceutical ads. Don't eat grapefruit <laughs> when you take this. Right. I ever ate grapefruit before. Don't take Ooh. Lacabuca if you're allergic <laughs> to Lacabuca. And it's like, how the fuck do I know if I'm allergic to Lacabuca? I don't know. Carol Burnett. Oh, and any of God, the yes. like musical slash skit shows. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember Sunny and do you remember Sunny, Sunny and Cher? I do. I do. Yes. Sunny and Donnie Cher. and Marie. Yes, Donnie and Marie. Oh yeah. The the um, Smothers Brothers. Mm-hmm. Comedy Hour. Yeah. Um, Wasn't Shields and Yarnell? Isn't that some name? That does sound familiar. There was something about that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like I remember watching a lot of those. Oh yeah, when I think Carol Burnett was that a Saturday night show? Yeah. yeah. And you know, you talk about jack shit on television on Saturday nights. That was a bright spot. But at one point in time, Saturday night on CBS was Mash, 
Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, and then Carol Burnett show. And that, okay. That's, they a- call that the murderer's row of like television. Okay. Because every single one of those shows is a classic. Right. Absolute classic. Right. Like no question. Right. And then somewhere along the way came, and I, I for some reason think emergency was the seven o'clock show before Love Boat and then Fantasy Island, but I, I'm probably misremembering that. I don't remember. I know on Tuesdays it was Happy Days Laverne and Shirley, Three's Company. I can't remember what came after Three's Company. Mm. And then heart to heart. Okay. Well, yeah, I'd probably find some of those schedules. That could be interesting. Um, and kind of see what was what was on. I, I'm dying to, to find out what night heart to heart was actually on. Because, you know, I, you, you know how you get something in your head. And, and I mean, it doesn't really doesn't really rise to the level of the Mandela effect, but I just think it's Tuesday for some reason. Yeah, no, I agree. I do think that it was on Saturday at some point. In time. Okay. And it may have been. And Saturday ended up becoming the death night mm-hmm. for television. That that's where you went shortly before you were going to be canceled. You know, I, I want to take that back. I don't know that it ever was broadcast on Saturdays. I think that the two hour pilot episode was on a Saturday. Oh, okay. Okay. Because there's a very specific memory attached to what I was doing before we came home and saw okay. that. And I okay. know that that was on a Saturday. We've got a lot of great television ahead of us and some not so awesome television. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, but we're not going to tell you that until the end of the episode. That's right. I don't want to scare people off. Right. But I mean, there's some fun stuff on here. Barney Miller. I love that show. I love that show. Um, we've got a show called Combat I've never heard of. Mr. Ed, I loved when it used to be on Nick at Night when mm-hmm. I was in my 20s. Patty Duke show, same thing. Mm. So get smart. From, we'll get to see John Spencer, uh, a young John Spencer, if you watch the Patty Duke show. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay. That's something else. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of good television ahead of us. Again, we are moving to a weekly format so that we can kind of cull through this list a little bit quicker. And by that, I mean, you know, in two years instead of four. <laughs> <laughs> so we might be doubling up on some episodes. And we might do that if there's a half-hour episode. Right. Maybe do two half, if we can get them back-to-back, do two half-hour episodes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I picked this for a reason because it does have some built-in longevity to it. Right. Like, we're not going to run out of topics three weeks in. <laughs> <laughs> the Mod Squad was on Tuesdays, at least in 1970. Okay. Okay. It was the 7.30 or the 7. It was the 7 o'clock opening. Okay. That's pretty. That would pretty, be 8 o'clock Eastern and Pacific. <laughs> be pretty progressive for the the lead-in to primetime. Yeah. yeah. It was the lead-in with the ABC movie of the week following it. God, and there were Marcus so Welby, MD, oh See, closing out the night. I don't remember that. I don't either, but I do remember the movie of the week and the Tuesday movie and the Sunday night movie, and they were all crap. It was up against... The Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres uh, on this is before, CBS. This is before the rural purge that yeah. happened. <laughs> it was up against Beverly Hillbillies and Green Acres on CBS and the Don Knotts show and Bill Cosby show on NBC. Huh. Hmm. I didn't know Bill Cosby had his own name show. I didn't know that Don Knotts did. It was, apparently that was the summer. Don Knotts was fall and winter. Bill Cosby was summer. What was the Don Knotts? Was it a variety show? Yeah. 
I think so. Interesting. You know, I had the I, I had the opportunity to see him before he passed away because I, I guess seeing him after would have just been weird. That's awkward. Um, <laughs> Although that's kind of the theme of this episode because Richard Dreyfus was like peddling pictures of his dead girlfriend. That's true. Um, I had the opportunity to see him at, at a dinner theater production of On Golden Pond, mm-hmm. and it was it was just so neat to see somebody who you know you you watched for years. <laughs> on a really classic television show and to just see them in real life. And, you know, we talked about, you know, I've seen Barbara Eden there and I've seen uh, Laura Swift there and some other of these characters that have been in, in really great popular television shows. But Don Knotts was really a high point for me. Was he good? I mean, I'm assuming he was the... Oh, he was phenomenal. He was a Henry Fonda character. Right. And it was, he did a terrific job. See, that's, I would like to have seen that for a number of reasons, but mainly just to see the range that he had that we didn't really get to see. I mean, because Mr. Furley is kind of like a, right. a riff on Barney five. Right. Yeah. And it was almost and the a ghost and Mr. Character. Chicken is a riff on Barney five and the shakiest gun in the West and all that stuff is yeah. kind of the same. Apple dumpling. Apple dumpling yeah. Gang, yeah. It's sort of this all, you know, I don't he's a say, goofy clumsy. Right. And he did that so well, but I would really have, I would have really enjoyed seeing something that brought a different dimension to his. Yeah, no, he, he was really good in there. And, and, but I think on golden pond is, I, I think that's such a well-written <laughs> production anyway. And, um, I, I love the original with the, the troubled relationship between Jane Fonda, her character and her dad, which kind of mirrored their own relationship. Right. right. There was a lot of layers to that. Right. And Catherine Hepburn's character. Uh, she was great. She was great. I have not seen that in a very, very long time. But yeah, I mean, I'm mixing the two and neither of them were television. So I don't know right. why I'm talking about that. It's them. okay. We, we can talk about things. That, we're not going to get like. <laughs> we're going to get censored. canceled. Right. Canceled. <laughs> It's our podcast. We can talk about whatever we want. Right. That is right. Um, and I am appalled that there's not a single episode of Green Acres on this list. Oh, no. <laughs> Mr. Douglas. <laughs> <laughs> what was the pig's name? Arnold. Arnold. It? Yeah. Arnold. Arnold Ziffel, the pig. And then, uh, <laughs> now, Green Acres. Was Sam Drucker primarily on Green Acres or on Petticoat Junction? I think he was on both. No, he was, but he was primary character on one. I think he was primary character on Green Acres. Acres. Yeah, because Petticoat Junction is about the women, right? Right. Shady rest of Junction. Petticoat Junction. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The amount of space that these things take up has got to be incredible. I could solve all of the world's problems (laughs) if I could just. And I'm not mocking because I have a similar problem. It's just I've got the most ridiculous things stored away. If there was a valve that I could just open and let (laughs) it all out. You know, I've I've had to drop first, second, and third grade to make room for other random (laughs) crap. I'm just afraid that bladder control is going to go next. Oh, no. You know, there's a drug you can take for that. But if you're allergic to it, you shouldn't take it. And it may cause spontaneous tuberculosis. Right. And don't eat grapefruit. I'm like, how do you get spontaneous tuberculosis? (laughs) Well, I told you the one that had nasal warts was one of the side effects. And I'm like, well, that sounds appealing. That sounds horrifying. (laughs) Right. Can you imagine just a big old wart? Right. I wish you could all see what I did. (laughs) Nasal warts. 
Yeah, it is one of the side effects. And of course, all of them have death as one of the side effects. And I'm like, I don't think you get to call that a side effect. Right, that's kind of the like boss of effects. <laughs> oh, but So before our next episode, I would like for anyone who remembers the Mod Squad to email me and let me know what your... Oh, it's a bug. There's a bug in the studio. Oh, it's one of those Japanese beetles that carries on as though it's a ladybug. Right. Fake. It is a fake. Fake go, ladybug. Go back. Faux ladybug. So, as you were saying. Uh, let, send me an email um, at stephanie at weekendmediagroup.com and let me know what your favorite Mod Squad episode was. Maybe your favorite character. Any specific memories you have about the Mod Squad. And um, also, if you have things that you'd like us to focus on more, I want you to send that to Brian at weekendmediagroup.com, but not today because I've got to set up his email. It just occurred to me I hadn't set up his email yet. Steve, this isn't live. So, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we all know but, it's going to be when I'm listening to this. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, I haven't done that yet. <laughs> damn it. Oh, I have met me before. <laughs> Fair. Oh, all right. Anything else for today's show, Brian? I'm good. Brian brought it today. He always does, really but he, he really had to carry the show today. Yeah. So we appreciate that. Stephanie, happy, happy birthday Thank to you. you. Um, and uh, any closing remarks? No. Um, if you ever wonder why I am the way I am, it's because I was raised on television. Mm-hmm.